Now we must find the demon Zarathos again, if we are to help Topaz with her quest. The hellfire from Zarathos, combined with the talon of a vampire bat and the fur from a werewolf, is all that she requires to free her from the spirit residing within her body. My name is Conrad, along with my co-host Drew, and welcome to the 47th episode of Stranger by the Dozen, the podcast where we recap the adventures of Dr. Stephen Strange, master of the mystic arts, six issues at a time. How's it going this week, Drew? So I'm totally going to date this podcast, but uh, like when I went up to Seattle, I saw the Marvel exhibit, and I got to see all kinds of Doctor Strange stuff. It was pretty rad. Oh, neat. Yeah, I'm I'm real excited um, to continue getting further into Doctor Strange and do some of this more, uh, you know, I mean, we're in the 90s, so we, we, we're a little bit past some of the more um, like like iconic Doctor Strange things, but there's still definitely some Doctor, there's definitely Doctor Strange fun to be had at this time in the comics, oh, yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, totally. But once we get to the two thousands, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You can find the show on SoundCloud, iTunes, the Google Play Store, Stitcher, or any fine podcast app. Feel free to contact the show at Stranger by the Dozen at Gmail dot com on Twitter at Stranger by the Twelve on Facebook or Instagram by searching for Stranger by the Dozen. And Drew, let's get started by picking up where we left off last episode with Doctor Strange Sorcerer Supreme number 27 from March 1991. The story's called Possession is Nine-Tenths of the Logarithm. Um, oh, that's, that's a bad pun. It's real awesome. Uh, Roy and Dan Thomas writers, Chris Marion Penciler, Mark McKenna Inker, Pat Brousseau, um... Letterer, George Russo's colorist, Ralph Macchio editor, Tom DeFalco editor in chief. I want to call out this one. The, uh, the, the cover of this issue is really amazing. Um, it's no, Doctor, it totally yeah, it's Doctor Strange and the Werewolf by Night, both sort of like fighting in this giant, uh, rocky spacescape as like the, uh, the, tw- the swirling bodies of the possessors, uh, whirl around them and stuff like that. It's very cool. No, it's pretty awesome. And also, Doctor Strange's face is just yeah. Great. He's he's doing up, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Um, so, if you remember last episode, Drew, uh, the possessors who are these um like demonic alien guys from Beyond the Stars, I guess. Um, <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're an early, very early Doctor Strange villain. Um, We saw them on the first episode of this show, one of the really early ones, where it's just sort of, you know, free of context, just Doctor Strange traveling about sometimes like Eastern Europe and finding people doing weird stuff, basically. (laughs) So the Possessors have returned, and they've kidnapped Doctor Strange, his apprentice, the Bull Man Rintra. Um, the, uh, his, the, his empath friend Topaz, who is currently on a quest for to help her stop being, uh, possessed by a demon. And, um, Jack Russell, the, the werewolf by night. It's still a bad name for a werewolf. I can't stress enough this guy's name, Jack Russell, and he's some sort of dog man. Um, it's, it's a really bad name for a werewolf. <laughs> yeah. So the possessors are, so we start this one. Yeah. So there's, the possessors can kind of create rock as well as possess people. And our heroes are trapped in this rock. Uh, Jack Russell's wearing Doctor Strange's cloak of levitation because he because he goes because he becomes naked when he uh, turns into a werewolf. Um, and the possessors then sort of spend some time just sort of giving basically the backstory both of this both of their original story and what they've been doing ever since. 
it's a it's a reasonable recap because the original part of the story happened in like 1963 so it's been like you know 29 years or whatever since or is that right no 30 like yes 30 years since the last since the last time anybody heard of, heard from these guys and it's not reasonable for people that have been reading these comics all that time you know what i mean yeah um, yeah so basically what happened was um you know they got dr strange sent them packing and then sealed the gate behind them so um they've since in their world be uh made a move from technology to uh to magic their technology their command of logarithm and anti-logarithm that never failed them before so they had to move to other uh sanctions including now using uh using mystical means to travel to Earth and thus use the uh, cattle mutilations of the Midwest to, like, power opening a gate that'll let them conquer Earth once and for all, essentially. It's a it's a really uh, runabout way of actually doing this. Just I, mean, that out there. I mean, you know, they tried the direct way, and Doctor Strange caught them and sent them packing, you know? Then, so Then maybe they should have figured that out, that maybe this wasn't for them. Just throwing that out there. Hey, no other choice, man. There's a stuck in a dying world. They gotta find a new place to live. <laughs> or something. Oh, but so species. All right. Yeah, it's good times. Um, so the possessors go in and decide to uh, possess our heroes. They possess most of them, um, including Doctor Strange, who seemed uh, pretty easy in uh, in in retrospect to uh, to uh, possess. The only person they can't possess is Topaz because of a short course she's already possessed by the demon Ulakumis. Who will remember last time, you know, right now we're in the middle of a big quest to uh, free her from that possession. Right. But Doctor Strange, Rintra, Jack Russell, all easily possessed by these possessors. So they go out to sort of wreak havoc on the town as one possessor uh, stays behind to uh, stand guard over Topaz, basically. Um, and it's weird because she starts, like, berating him for his various um, anti-human actions. And the possessor alien seems to cry as a result of this, which is weird. Uh, like, okay, so you're an invading species and you just can't take it? Come on, man. Yeah, seriously. Meanwhile, we cut to a small town Colorado where a family is, like, preparing to eat dinner and stuff. When there's a knock on the door, and oh god, by god, it's the uh, werewolf minotaur connection. It's bad oh times. <laughs> um, Rintra and Jack Russell burst in through the door and just start killing everybody. The possessors taking control of any uh, survivors. At the same time, the uh, crying alien, like, uh, lurches towards Topaz and drops his gun. And that's when Topaz realized that this guy isn't just an alien. He's actually an alien that is, has been in, he's a possessing alien that has been in turn possessed by Doctor Strange. Oh, the possessing the possessor. Yeah, that's a, that's a bold move. That's right. You thought I zigged when I zagged, but in fact I possessed when I possessed. Um... I don't think "possessed" is a word. Yes, what you 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 don't know my alien magics. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on a nearby hillside, the possessors, including of course the demon possessed Doctor Strange, looking super evil, um, prepares the final sacrifices to open the gateway between the worlds of the possessors and uh, humankind once and for all. 
as um as a alien Doctor Strange like frees Topaz, puts on his cloak of, of levitation, and they all start flying over and all that stuff. Ah, oh, yes, um, alien Doctor Strange. Okay, that's right. Uh, yeah, it's sort of a Beta Ray Bill Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. I, I dig it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. So yeah. as um. As the ritual reaches its climax and the door to the uh, homeworld of the Possessors begins to open, uh, Alien Doctor Strange shows up and it's time for your standard magic duel. Um, luckily, luckily, Doctor Strange is, has, you know, he was caught off guard ahead of, t- like, last time. Like, they sort of just straight up uh, clubbed, clubbed him upside the head as soon as, he sh- as soon as they showed up so he didn't get a chance to cast any spells. But now he's here and he's ready to go. So he's got, a, you know, he's got his spells all lined up. So it's like, you know, may the crimson shafts of Sidorak pierce my immortal frame from without. Yet harm it not, but merely drive the interloper out. <laughs> so the lesson we should learn here, kids, is the best way to defeat Doctor Strange is sneak up behind him and club him on the head. Yeah, I mean, you know, I feel like it's <laughs> sort of standard, like, kind of Batman rules almost, where, you know, Batman will always win if he has time to prepare. But if you just kind of get the drop on him, you, you can beat the crap out of him. Um, similar with Doctor Strange. It, it's just that, you know, okay, just to, you know, this is something that's annoyed me for years, is that they, they get the jump on the good guy. And then mm-hmm. they, like, monologue for pages and pages and allow the good guy, you know, a chance to escape. And then they... they, they well, I mean, at least in this case, they were monologuing because he was in the process of uh, casting a spell and stuff, you know? Yeah. So, like, right. when you're doing magic stuff, the monologue sort of built in. It's it, it's a challenge, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> but once Doctor Strange... Uh, Knocks this alien out of his body. He retakes his stuff. Goes to, uh, straight MC Hammer because now it's uh, stop magic time. Um, Excellent. <laughs> ah, early nineties Marvel. Oh man, it's good. Um, yep. Yeah, and so you know, basically, just sort of casts the spells and sends the uh, sends the possess all the possessors back to their dimension and close close the door again once more. Um, you know, it's bad times though, because now that they're depossessed, like, uh, Jack and, uh, Rincher are both feeling bad to have basically become, uh, demon controlled murderers. Like, that's tough. That's a hard sort of, uh, that's a hard hangover to wake up to, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the surviving townsfolk clearly seeing, um, that, you know, well, Rincher's able, of course, able to change his shape, just become a regular dude, but, uh, Jack is not so lucky, so he's forced to once again, um, escape and, um, what, make his, you know, basically just get away from the, uh, farmers trying to kill him. And at the same time, um, we also see, like, the leader of the Possessors, like, trying to jump back to the closing vortex to his own world and get ripped apart in, like, the uh, magical maelstrom and stuff like that, you know? That's rough. You know, it's tough times, I guess. It's a um, bad way to go. It's just, mm-hmm. just gonna, that's a bad way to go. Yeah. Speaking of bad ways to go, Jack Russell is uh, shot by farmers and uh, jumps off the side of a cliff and appears to die. But in fact, that was all a ruse by Doctor Strange. He, uh, he hid Jack and made a phantom werewolf to be shot to death and killed. And now he recreates Jack Russell, uh, gives him some magic clothes. They get uh, a sample of werewolf hair. And it's good times because they've got the first part of the formula to free Topaz from her curse. Excellent. 
Yeah, pretty solid. Yeah, just yanked a fistful, whatever. And now they need to find a demon's flame. That's the next part. Luckily, oh, that should be pretty easy, right? Yeah, right. I happen to know a demon, the Galdern Ghost Rider, buddy. Oh, dang. Yeah, but before we do that, we should probably talk about the uh, the second part of this here comic, which is um the Book of the Vishanti Legacy of the Wolf Part 2. Um, Tom, uh, Roy Thomas and L.J. Lossifer, uh, writers, uh, uh, Isherwood artist, Simic letterer, Becton colorist, Mount Macchio editor, DeFalco editor-in-chief. So this is sort of the second part in this thing that we were talking about last time also, which is these books of the Vishanti are sort of Roy Thomas attempting to, you know, make more sort of a unified Marvel um, mythos, essentially linking all these different characters together in one sort of large thing, you know? Right. Um, so this one's about werewolves. Like we saw the last time how it had like werewolves came from ancient times with like the celestials, like making like the dog companions of cavemen have like mystical powers and stuff. Um, it's kind of crazy. And so we see sort of more examples of ancient Marvel werewolves, uh, like, we hear like a uh, coal fighting cat people. We see like, um, the, um, the Sphinx, uh, the, uh, the ancient, uh, Egyptian mutant guy, just sort of like, you know, cat, uh, werewolf associated cast magics on people, sort of moves ahead through characters like, um, the warlock Draymond, uh, even through to like, um, Morbius and the living and the, uh, living, uh, or Morpheus, the living vampire, and all those guys, or, or Morbius, I should say. Um, that all eventually, of course, leads to the recently seen Jack Russell and the series of like curses and craziness in that, in, in that character. Just a guy who like, um, you know, killed the, killed one version of Dracula and then was cursed by wolves and passed down the, uh, curse the werewolf to his like, uh, grandson, Jack Russell and all this stuff. Just, you know, and then sort of just generally recounting the tale, like a loose outline of Jack Russell's, uh, story in a werewolf by night, his recent conflict with Silver Dagger and others, and eventually, like, regaining his, um, like, some sort of, like, control over his werewolf form. Basically, now he's kind of Grey Hulk in, in the, uh, in his werewolf form. You know, he's got intelligence and all that stuff. Right, right. Yeah, and, you know, just sort of ends, like, you know, with, like, this is sort of the status quo. We got this werewolf. Things are fun. Wherever you go, Jack Russell, under full moon or faint, may Agamotto's all-seeing eye watch over you. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, all right. Just werewolf stuff, buddy. Good times. Just werewolf things. Exactly. And spe- But uh, let's move away from werewolf things and get to uh, motorcycle things. <laughs> we go to uh, Ghost Rider number 11 from March 1991. So basically same month as this Doctor Strange one. Um, this one's called uh, Through a Nightmare Revealed. Uh, Howard Mackey, writer, Larry Stroman, penciler, Max Texaria, Inker, Janice Chang, letterer, uh, Gregory Wright, colorist, Bobby Chase, editor, Tom DeFalco, editor-in-chief. So, Drew, um, are you familiar with uh, Danny Ketch, the second ghostwriter? I am not, actually. I mean, 
That might not be the right number of Ghost Rider, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. There could be a couple more Ghost Riders between them. But this is, uh, Danny Ketch was a Ghost Rider in like the 90s. It's a very uh, 90s, you know, like I think it was as my Ghost Rider because that's when I read like a bunch of Ghost Rider comics and stuff like that. Um, right, 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 right. <laughs> um, he's, you know, he's sort of a punk kid, found a magical motorcycle. Now he's got a, you know, he shares a body with, um, you know, the spirit of vengeance, uh, the Ghost Rider. Um, we're pretty early, you know, it's, it's issue 11 of, of his run. So it's very like, you know, still early days for the Ghost Rider. We sort of see him. This comic starts with him having a confrontation with our old buddy Nightmare. The, you oh, know, this guy. Yeah. You're sort of a Marvel version of, uh, of Sandman kind of, but more just sort of a general bad guy. Um, he's been a Doctor Strange bad guy. He's a big Ghost Rider bad guy as well. Um, for this version of Ghost Rider, at least. And also a massive jerk. I mean, you know, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, last time we saw him like take the form of a fake Freddy Krueger and pretend to kill Sarah Wolf and various other uh, people in Doctor Strange's life. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what you get when you're trying to be a low rent uh, Freddy Krueger rip ripoff. It's true, yeah, Larry yeah. or something. But uh, so <laughs> at at this point, Dan, uh, uh, Danny's on the uh, on the hunt for Zodiac, who is this, um, you know, mob hitman slash crime boss, basically, who's been like kidnapping kids around the New York area for reasons unknown. We kind of see him, we sort of see Danny like investigate around and question people and stuff, and eventually find Zodiac getting out of a cool, um, getting out of a cool limo. And so, uh, Danny's like, all right, it's time to, time to take this guy down and, uh, bring on the Ghost Rider to do his thing. But before he can, the two of them are sucked into Nightmare's realm. And, like, Nightmare kind of yells at them and, like, uh, you know, offers them the standard death and destruction thing. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it's here we sort of talk about some stuff for the early, um, like in this early mythos of Ghost Rider, which is basically that this version of Ghost Rider is different than the version that, like, uh, the previous one, uh, Johnny Blaze was. Which in in that one we sort of ended up learning that like the, that the Ghost Rider that the uh, when Blaze became Ghost Rider he was sort of you know being possessed by this demon Zarathos and sort of you know one of the le- legions of hell etc. Um, whereas in this version this new version is more the idea of Ghost Rider of the Ghost Rider actually being this spirit of vengeance and not having anything to do with sort of Marvel's existing uh, demonic dudes basically right. You know, it's a it's an interesting move, and it's just sort of you know where they're taking this Ghost Rider to be sort of a you know to make Ghost Rider be kind of a different sort of character, I guess, um, and have their especially their relationship be different than the one that Ghost Rider and Johnny Blaze had, where it was mostly you know when it was Johnny Blaze's Ghost Rider it was mostly just him, and then like occasionally maybe you'd hear some extra stuff from actual Ghost Rider or something, but not that often. In this one, Ghost um, in the Danny Ketch Ghost Rider, there's a much more like of sort of of a the Ghost Rider himself having like his own will and his own like you know agendas and things like that. I don't know. Um, but so, you know, this big confrontation with Nightmare kind of ends with some cool magical thingamajigs just as Ghost Rider sort of uses his mighty magic chain to attack Nightmare and the two of them are kicked out and Ghost Rider returns to reality to try to take down, uh, Zodiac. But before he can, he's confronted by your buddy and mine, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer hey, Supreme. Hey, all yeah. right. <laughs> you know, this one's very much sort of... Sl- 
like doing some of the, like like a lot of talking and sort of setting the stage for their actual confrontation, which uh, starts in the next issue, Ghost Rider Twelve from April nineteen ninety one. Um, this one's called Strange Tales because, of course, it is. Um, and um, it's, uh, again, Howard Mackey, writer, um, uh, new artist, uh, Javier uh, Saltara's penciler, Max Texaria inker, Janice Chang letterer, Gregory Wright colorist, Bobby Chase editor, Tom DeFalco editor-in-chief. And we see Ghost Rider um, trapped inside a magic uh, force bubble by uh, Strange Rintra and Topaz basically trying to get his flame. As um, Ghost Rider's like, hey, you got to let me go. We got to take out Topaz or we got to take out Zodiac, you know? Right. This is So this kind of leads to Ghost Rider getting freed and then your standard superhero uh, misunderstanding fight. As like he kind of knocks uh, down. Ah, yeah. uh, yes. The, the stereotypical versus fight. I mean. I fight you, you fight me. Then we come to an understanding. We discover that both our mother, mothers are named Martha. Yeah, or in this case, that, like, Ugh. we're both on the side of good and it's time to beat up the Zodiac guy instead, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or, in this case, just that, uh, doc- like, a uh, Ghost Rider gets free and then rides off on his motorcycle because as fast as the, cl- as the Cloak of Levitation is, it's not as fast as a motorcycle with fire wheels. <laughs> so... Ghost Rider rides off, and the and Doc and his uh and his tr- and, and and his pair of uh, followers go after him. Meanwhile, we cut to sort of the beginning of the next storyline. This Ghost Rider story, which is basically that uh Johnny Blaze is in town and looking for Ghost Rider. Ah, uh, um, yes, Hoboken. Excellent. Yeah. He's he's on Hoboken, just outside New York. He gets attacked by Tufts, and like you know. One guy pulls a uh, uh, pulls a switchblade, and uh, Johnny Blaze pulls out a sawed-off shotgun and kind of wins the fight. Um, and you know, rides off into the next thing. Yeah, of, uh, of sawed-off shotgun versus switchblade. Sawed-off shotgun always wins. I mean, yeah, rock paper scissors. Shotgun is the victor. Um, <laughs> so, in a sort of nondescript building somewhere in Manhattan. A uh, mafia goon is uh, hanging out in a fancy limo when, in his rearview mirror, an object that is closer than it appears is, in fact, the Ghost Rider uh, bearing down on him. <laughs> oh, dang, you better use that extra time to get out of there, man. Yeah, he tries to escape, but it's not good enough. Ghost Rider then sort of works his way, you know, diehard his way through his building with a motorcycle, which is pretty cool. I don't, I don't, I can't think of a movie that's dieharding with a motorcycle, but that's what it would be. Um, he, I mean, you know, wraps him up with a chain and then hits him with a motorcycle. That's yeah. pretty great. And it's not just, and you know, it'd be bad enough if he was hitting him with the wheel of a regular motorcycle, but this is with the flaming wheel of a ghost motorcycle. That's even worse. Um, so Ghost Rider heads to the basement, and in the basement he finds some sort of, of a techno-magical thing where the bodies of all these stolen kids he's been uh, tracking are suspended in a big globe in this basement as hooded figures uh, stand around and doing magical junk. It's weird. It's pretty weird, man. Yeah, they're being, you know, they're warped by an energy of mystic origin. The pain. Um, That's but, okay. Yeah. That's very on the nose, but sure, why not? You know, it's got a whole thing, and before Ghost Rider can do anything about it, he is confronted by Zodiac, who is, again, this sort of green guy with a cloak, with a, a half cloak, with an Anka on it, and uh, not a lot of facial features, and his goons, who have special ghost guns! Oh, no! <laughs> oh, no, ghost guns. 
Ghost guns are the worst things you can get hit when you're a ghost rider, for it's, sure. It's almost like they're evil Ghostbusters. I mean, yeah, actually, it kind of is. <laughs> Conrad. Yeah. Conrad. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to call? Evil Ghostbusters? Yes. Busting does make me feel good. But um, <laughs> before they can bust Ghost Rider, something happens to their bla- to their blasters. What happened, Drew? Uh, was it, uh, 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 Doctor Strange? I happened. And yeah, it's Doctor Strange. He comes blasting in, sort of, you know, standard superhero stuff where they realize that this guy actually needs a, needs a buddy. Um, you know, at this point, sort of general fight stuff. Uh, they, they uh-huh. blow up the big ball full of kids, which turns into a crazy dragon. There's, like, a decent amount of fighting all around and stuff like that. Um... Luckily, Doctor Strange is pretty able to handle all this stuff, and Ghost Rider, in turn, is able to, like, pull down the mystical device and destroy it as they sort of somewhere find uh, blankets to put all the kidnapped kids into. Oh, I guess uh, Doc- I guess Rentro makes the cloth to, to all of them. Um, you know, so good, good times. <laughs> Evil seems to have been defeated. Um, yeah, there's a dragon fight. I like a dragon fight, Drew. That's awesome. No, dragon fights all, they're pretty rad. Just, yeah. You know. There's, there's a good moment at the end where, um, Doctor Strange is like, oh, it looks like Zodiac has escaped. And, um, Ghost Rider's like, hold on a second. And he like throws his mystic chain into the shadows and just sort of pulls Zodiac out. Like, ah, you can't escape. But Zodiac's like, screw you, man. I planned ahead. This is just a robot, Zodiac. Ooh, Zodiac bot. <laughs> I win again, Ghost Rider. And so uh, Ghost Rider punches, punches his head off. It's bad times for him. No, it, it's pretty rad, though. I mean, if you know, Ghost Rider's going to punch a robot head off, then awesome. Hey, robots are the ultimate low-calorie kill. We all know it. You can just sort of uh, punch their brains out, and no one cares. I mean, um, it's, it's robots... Uh, robots, uh, zombies, then Nazis, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so, <laughs> anyhow, Ghost Rider's uh, immediate problems have been solved, and that means that Doctor Strange can do his classic, uh, hey, so I helped you out, uh, how about you help me out, eh? Oh, hey, hey, buddy, you got a thing I need. Yeah, so this uh, takes us to Doctor Strange 28 from uh, April 1991. Interesting thing here, this was actually released all, um, at the same time as a, uh, as like a direct, like sort of Doctor Strange Ghost Rider crossover thing independently, just because regular Doctor Strange was available only by mail order at this time. Oh, dang. Um, so, you know, yeah, Doctor Strange always on the bubble, not having the uh, success that one might like based on 2000, uh, on uh, 2018 Doctor Strange. Um, I mean, okay. But, yeah. yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, go, so, Dr. Strange is trying to pull the, pull the, fl- pull the living flame off of Ghost Rider. And it's tough because it hurts Ghost Rider a lot to do it. And so, whenever he tries to do it, he's, Ghost Rider fights back. It's basically like trying to, uh, to pull a splinter out of a kid, basically. Like, if you've ever, like, maybe you've had a kid or you've been a kid and you've had a splinter and, like, your mom tries to, like, pull it out with, like, a needle or something and it really hurts. But, like, the splinter also really hurts. It's one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't they just get, like, a, you know, a pair of, like, celestial scissors and then just chop off a little bit of flame? That, that would work, right? That's what he's trying to do, dude. <laughs> I'm just I'm just spitballing here, man. You can't just go to Magic Michaels and get some celestial scissors, buddy. Can't you? Aren't they open till, like, 8? 
<laughs> well, yeah, but it's a Sunday, you know? Oh, dang it. <laughs> All right, never mind. <laughs> or something. Um, so, in this case, so, uh, Topaz tries to, um, channel some of the, uh, some of the fire out of, uh, Ghost Rider, but that doesn't work either. You know, Go- Ghost Rider's got real good, uh, self, magical self-defense stuff. Although the pain from being burned by Ghost Rider's flame does, in fact, cause Olakumis to, um, manifest himself and basically just kind of yell at us, essentially. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know. Like, hey! Hey, this what are you is my, kids doing out there? This is my body. Screw you! Knock it off! <laughs> I'm the trying ti- to sleep. Yeah, I'm the oh. time. I'm the timeless foe of Tenshub the Storm. I'm gonna. I'm a Hittite spawned fiend. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, if you kids keep on making this noise, I'm calling the cops. Exactly. Then he goes back into Topaz. Doctor Strange is like, "Screw this. We got to figure something else out." I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so at this point it's like all right like let's like we still got to handle this topaz thing a little bit or this uh, sorry not not no topaz a uh, zodiac thing a little bit so uh Rintra and topaz you guys go home me and ghost rider are going to uh start tracking topaz the uh the the trail leads straight up which is kind of cool so like a uh, ghost rider and um Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange sort of go flying up into the sky, like Ghost Rider riding his motorcycle straight up and stuff. It's pretty cool. Oh, dang. Um, yeah, you know, you gotta got get up there. Um, meanwhile, Rintra and Topaz are returning back under magical disguise. Rintra suggests they go as Laurel and Hardy, but uh, that's vetoed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Doctor Strange, so Strange and Ghost Rider find themselves in a mystical realm in the skies above Earth. Um, I don't know if you remember this one, Drew, but there was a point where, um, like, Dormammu tried to invade Earth. Like, Dormammu had been, like, um, had been banished. I believe it's when he fought, um, Eter- Eter- Eternity that one time and got, uh, sent in and got, uh, knocked through realities. And he found his way to the gateway between one, between one world and our world. And there were a bunch of demons there called the Dicors, like, D-Y-K-K-O-R-S. It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, it happened in, like, episode six of this show, so there's no reason to remember. It was a long time ago. Um, but basically, it was one of these things where, like, there was a whole big uh, big series of fights that, that, that uh, kind of led to Dormammu entering Earth, but then forgetting that he had made a promise previously that he would never attack Earth again, so it was sort of immediately defeated. It was, it was, it was, it was a solid story. Um... <laughs> But um, this is another one of these uh, Roy Thomas bringing back these old school Doctor Strange villains like the Possessors and now these Dicors too. You know, they're evil demons. Doctor Strange and Ghost Rider fight them. And, you know, it's one of these standard things where they reveal that um, that in fact, or like, you know, they were real pissed because they got left out during the most recent demon invasion of Earth during the uh, X-Men in uh, Inferno storyline, basically. Uh-huh. And now they're back to retake over the Earth with their uh, cat's paw in doing so. That jerk Zodiac. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, I mean, you know, at this point we see Zodiac kind of doing evil stuff. He, like, kills a police officer and stuff. Um, Messed up, man. Yeah, as sort of... Rintra and the uh, Rintra Topaz and these freed kids from the uh, psychic ball last last uh, comic sort of make their way home. Um, 
at this point, also, sort of the uh, the time for talk has ended between Strange Ghost Rider and the Dicors, and now it's time to fight, which is always a good time. Um, yes. It also, you know, so, so now we kind of have a fight on two parts where um, on one side there is um, uh, Doctor Strange and Ghost Rider fighting the Dicors, and on the other side it's uh, Topaz and Rintra fighting. Um, Zodiac, you know, they did a little bit of of, uh, sh- 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 of chicanery here, where like uh, Topaz was actually Rintra in disguise and stuff like that. But um, man, it's just a whole bunch of magic fighting, whole bunch of back and forths and things like that. Um, but you know, Dicors get freed, se- sealed away, and the threat of Zodiac seems to be um, seems to be defeated, and everything's going good. Luckily, um. Because Doctor Strange was up in the heavens fighting the Dicors and stuff, Drew? Yeah. He was able to pull the demonic fire from one of them when he was kicking their asses. Oh, well, um, that's that's convenient. Yeah. So, you know, even though this story hasn't been great for the crew and Rintra's pretty injured and stuff... um, yeah, he did like like take a thing to the chest. Yeah, he he caught uh, I I believe one of Zodiac's like mystic horns to the chest or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's in a bad way, but we did end up with the uh, mystic flame, and it looks like Ghost Rider can sort of like you know g- right off into the sunset, and we can sort of move on to the next part, basically. Right. <laughs> Which is Doctor Strange number twenty nine, Drew from. Ooh. Uh, May 1991. The story is a blood will tell. Uh, Roy and Dan Thomas writers, Chris Merriman penciler, Mark McKenna inker, Pat Brousseau letterer, George Russo's colorist, Ralph Macchio editor, Tom DeFalco editor in chief. So this one starts with, I feel like, whew, just your, it feels like a real bog standard sort of like opening to a superhero story, which is basically a lady is assaulted by a bunch of dudes on the streets of New York City, because it's bad in New York City, basically. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a cat call gone extremely bad. Yeah. So not willing to take no for an answer, um, she, um, this lady escapes into like Central Park. And the bad guys run afoul of Baron Blood. Ugh. Uh, you'll remember Baron Blood as uh, Doctor Strange's uh, brother? Um, and a vampire, Drew. Oh, yeah. With a ridiculous with a ridiculous costume with his big old ears and stuff like that. Baron Blood is also a bad vampire name. It's pretty bad. I feel like it's actually like a reboot of... Um, of like some like golden age like vampire guy or something like that. It's got that also kind of his, co- his, his costume looks like an off-brand Wolverine. Just throwing that out there. I mean, it's true that yeah, because he's a, he's a it's a bat costume with real big like ears coming off kind of the head and st- well, I mean as as ears do, I suppose. But yeah, because of that, it's got the same look of those deals on Wolverine's costume, which I I don't know what those are, but they're, they they definitely have a similar look. Like the weird the weird eye. Thingies, yeah, the, the point on them. Ah. Yeah, everybody knows what you're talking about. No one knows what those things are called. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure that there's some artists at Marvel from like the '90s who are like screaming out right now. It's like, they're, God, they're like this thing. There is Wolver wings, but uh, 
Oh, no, that's, that's, that's even worse than anything I can come up with. Yeah, so Baron Blood does superhero stuff, and, like, here's the problem with um, a vampire superhero, Drew. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is that he kills all these guys, he basically beats all these guys up, essentially kills them, um, and then tries to drink their blood, but, man, like, one, their blood's real gross because it's got, it's got, uh, drug, because they, they're taking drugs and stuff, um, but also, like, that's kind of gross for a superhero to do. Especially because he's still thirsty, because the lack of, because uh, because he couldn't drink from the blood of the of the villains, and he ends up drinking the blood of the lady that he saved, which is not a cool move. <laughs> like, I mean, he tries to anyway. It's also not a cool move. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. He almost gets it, but then uh, Morgana Blessing, our uh, our our old buddy and former friend of uh, former squ- uh, main squeeze of Doctor Strange, now main squeeze of Victor Strange, Doctor Strange's brother, aka Baron Blood, who's also you know wearing the telltale neck scarf of somebody who is involved in a vampiric relationship with this vampire, sort of calls him off, you know. Uh, <laughs> so whatever uh, sure. they do okay. they do the thing That's where they fine. kind of yeah where these guys were all beaten up and they leave the note that says uh you know says justice has a new name and these guys are all beaten up and left in a pile that just says uh compliments of barren blood you know courtesy your friendly neighborhood vampire yeah. no wait it doesn't work i'm sorry it doesn't <laughs> Vamp- vampires just aren't that friendly you know no it's a whole different thing. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, at the Sanctum Sanctorum, all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Strange is showing up with the unconscious body of Rintra and Topaz in tow. Um, what's kind of interesting here is just that, like, kind of uh, almost as like an off, um, as like a secondary thing, as a vague part of this, we see that Doctor Strange's hands have been healed, are fully healed, because he successfully performs like surgery on uh, Rintra, just sort of floating in the middle of the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yo, what's the deal with that? Which is weird. Like, this should be a bigger deal than it seems to be. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> in oh, story. Hey, you know that big character motivation that he's had for years? By the way, it's fixed now. Well, I guess he's moved on to different character motivations, you know? Like, he ha- he's basically, like, you know, maybe in, like, the early 70s, there was a point, you know, when he retired, there was a point where if his hands worked, he could have gone back into being a doctor or something. At this point, he's pretty committed to being, like, Sorcerer Supreme and, like, a magic guy. You know, he's been outed in, like, People Mag or I forget the name of that magazine was, but he's been outed in, like, uh, popular tabloids and stuff. As like a wizard guy, <sighs> so there's no going back. But yes, it does seem odd that like you know, I mean, it's something that definitely this feels like something that if you're writing Doctor Strange, it's something you got to think about for like the character. Like, are, have his hands been fixed? Like, c- could he do surgery if it was if it was if the need was asked of him? There's been times when he couldn't, but it seems like now he can. Um. So, but anyhow, Renter is saved, Drew, and that's what's important. That's what's important, not the fact that Doctor Strange's hands are are magically fixed. Yeah, Doctor Strange ta- uh, Strange takes a minute to check in on um, Mystic Wife Clea, who he cast a magic sleep spell on last episode, and who remains magically asleep. She's which been is still a messed up thing to do. She's been asleep for five issues now, which is tough. Really <laughs> messed up. Um, meanwhile, like watching TV. Um, Topaz comes in crying to Doctor Strange because of uh, the voice of Ula Kumis inside of her, and she tries to, like, make out with them, and it's like, no way! <laughs> like, get out of here, lady! You're all emotional because of your demon possession. 
Luckily, the, all this is uh, all this potential uh, love triangle things is broken up by the fact that on the TV, the uh, the you know uh, always convenient pl- uh, plot moving news service comes on. Ah, uh, yes, tells us gives us reports of a big eared vampire dude killing dude killing folks in the um in Central Park. Convenient as it is. Yeah. So Dr. Strange's like, oh, that's my brother. I know that silhouette that they've drawn anywhere. And unlike the police, we happen to know uh, Baron Blood's current address. So Dr. Strange and Topaz fly over in uh, to catching Victor and Morgana in flagrante delecto or whatever of him uh, drinking blood from her neck and stuff. Just Hey-o. a lot of, just a lot of like, you know yelling back and forth of like you're not cool being a vampire and barren blood being like hey like you can't judge me like yeah i'm a vampire but um you know i'm trying to be good now i'm trying to be a hero and he's like dude like you aren't a hero when you kill the dudes like that's not cool <laughs> yeah, you can't just go around killing guys man that's yeah decorum decorum indeed so uh Victor flies away, and Strange also confronts Morgana, just talking about how, like, uh, you know, she's just straight up using, like, after-school special-style um, drug abuser language <laughs> about her relationship <laughs> with Baron Blood. Like, I'm still in control, Steven. I can stop anytime I want to. Like, Jesus, good lord. I can stop whenever lord. I want. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Doctor Strange makes an Unsolved Mysteries reference, which is kind of weirdly out of character. Excellent. <laughs> and the two of them and Victor and Strange have sort of an aerial battle through um, the skies of New York. They sort of, you know, Victor gives him like a couple like sort of push pushbacks and stuff and knocks him around. But when he goes in for the bite, Doctor Strange just drops like the mystic rings on him. And it's like, dude, like I've been humoring you so far and you're going to like drink my blood? Like not cool. Not cool at all. <laughs> you wouldn't do that to your bro, bro. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't drink your bro's blood. We aren't blood bros. We're regular bros. What? Anyhow. <laughs> at this point Dr. Strange decides or Stephen decides to show Victor how Victor's being a real jerk in this case taking him down to the morgue where it's revealed that the guys that he killed last night have come back to life as vampires and now they're killing way more dudes because like you know again vampires aren't good superheroes um, luckily again Dr. Strange super powerful takes these vampires out real easily um, and with that, he manages to convince Varen, uh, you know, Victor to stop being a jerk and give over a claw from his vampire bat form to help exercise Topaz. Hooray! Yay! <laughs> yeah. So we got all the parts, Drew. We done. All we right. Completed every step of this fetch quest, and now it's time for the big finale. Excellent. <laughs> um. Doctor Strange assembles them, casts some cool spells in the name of the all-freeing, by the orb of the all-seeing, uh, be Oster's might omnipotent, from distant bright domain be sent. May now the flames of the fierce Valentine rise in crescendo by at my keen, and in an epic awesome test, drive the demon from Topaz's breast. <laughs> um, hey, yeah, good times. It works. Ulakumis yeah. is drawn forth, but then reveals itself to be its true form, Drew. Oh, what is which it? Which is not Ulakumis, but it's indeed. Not, oh, no, what is it? Mephista, 
daughter of Mephisto. Yeah, bad times, because she's here to kill everybody and uh, carry their souls back to the lower depths as a homecoming gift for her to return to her father. Mephisto. Boom. All right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So this crazy demon cliffhanger... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> takes us to Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, issue 30, from June 1991. The Topaz Possession. Or, as it says in the cover, Death is the Devil's Daughter. <laughs> um, Roy and Dan Thomas writers, Chris Merriman penciler, Mark McKenna inker, Pat Brousseau letterer, George Russo's colorist, Ralph Macchio editor, Tom DeFalco editor-in-chief. So, you know... Topaz has shown up. I liked, or uh, Mephista has shown up. I like Mephista a lot. She's got kind of some horns going on. She's got a tail, um, pink skin, or like, you know, like, like sort of like Pantone pink, not like human color pink. Um, right. She's got yeah. fancy, uh, like hair boots, I want to say, like boots with hair coming off of it, I guess. They're, they're, they're 70s chic, really. How long uh, does she be in there? A while. I think the last time we the the last time we saw Mephisto might have been back in uh, Doctor Strange number eight. You know, so maybe like like two two or three years ago. Um, that was back when there was that big confrontation between Mephisto and Satanish. Um, uh-huh. And Doctor Strange kind of did this thing that like linked them together, as I recall. So they like you know would have merged into one thing unless they kind of went back to their respective hells. Right. To um to to avoid that, you know. Yeah. Um, it's a whole demon thing, but basically, Doctor. But basically, since then, Mephisto or Mephista kind of went back, went to Europe, waiting for Topaz to like begin her fell plan, etc. Um, and now she's here to uh, you know, kill Doctor Strange, take his court, takes his take his soul back to Mephisto. Um, just to earn her dad's love because he's never loved me. Oh, it's uh, sad. Yes. Okay. All right. There we go. Yeah. I mean, who would have imagined that like an evil demon lady would, um, have father issues, right? Never saw that coming. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. So, you know, at this point we get some quick, uh, demon fighting, basically. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you know, everybody takes a, takes a, or I guess Baron Blood mostly just takes a run at Mephisto and gets taken out. Um, Rintra tries to, but Dr. Strange's like, hey man, I just like did non-magically assisted surgery on you. So don't even think about attacking it. All right. Attacking yeah, you, your, them. You, all right. You got patched up, man. Yeah. Um so Doctor Strange so Mephisto like binds Doctor Strange in um you know mystic bars and takes them to another dimension. Um the entrance to Mephisto's realm leads her leads them through um what you call it? Satanish's realm? Oh it's bad uh-huh. times. Uh oh. <laughs> They're stuck in Satanus' realm, which, of course, leads to your standard uh, team-up. So, like, you know, suddenly with different demons. You know, at this point, just Demon Palooza, Drew. That's what I want yep. to say. You know, The enemy uh, of my enemy yeah. the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's it. Yeah. There's, there it is. Got there. Yeah, Mephist, yeah Meph- um, you know, Mephist, Mephista and Doctor Strange team up in like a... In, in a in less of a let's be friends and more of a Mephisto saying, hey, I've got to kill Doctor Strange, not you, Satanish. So, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll fight you for to kill, um, to kill Doctor Strange, basically. 
Um, this in turn leads to Mephisto showing up and it just sort of, a lot of these just demon guys just being like, ah, yes, I anticipated this, but I anticipated that and blah, blah, blah. And eventually big old fight between Mephisto and Satanish once more. Um, it's a pretty cool part where, um, Mephisto tries to gut punch, um, Satanish and Satanish catches Mephisto's hand in his, in his stomach mouth. Which I appreciate. Uh, that's great. <laughs> no, that's good. You gotta use that stomach mouth, man. Yeah. But basically, all this stuff was kind of um, Doctor Strange's long-term plan <laughs> of, like, make these guys fight in another dimension to see if they can take at least one of – if one of them would take the other out, possibly take them both out. Um <laughs> In another dimension where it couldn't ha- harm Earth. Uh-huh. And there's a pretty funny moment where um, the two demons kind of realize, like, wait a minute. Like, this was a, this was, this was a, this is a, this is a trap. Like, Dr. Oh, Strange is, oh, is, 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 is tricking us into killing each other. And that's ridiculous. Like, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a funny point where, um, like, yeah, we're, we're, we're Dr. Strange. Oh, oh, because. Sorry, I forgot about this. Because their essences are linked, so it's one of these things where if they, one kills one, the other one will die too, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and so there's basically just this thing where, like, Doctor Strange is like, yeah, you're, like, you're connected. You strike a blow. You experience it. You guys still want to fight to the death, you big jerks? And, like, there's a, <laughs> a good, like, uh, like that Looney Tunes one where the, uh, where, like, the fox and the, and the sheepdog, like, uh, punch punch cards in and out of work so they're sort of like friends outside of work but then at work at work that they, they try to kill each other where yeah. satanish mephisto where you know it's like clearly mephisto we cannot continue our death match at the present time there's no need to hurry satanish for we who measure our lives in eons <laughs> it's good you know so like uh satanish sort of pieces out Mephisto and Mephista have kind of a tearful reunion of like father and daughter, and it's kind of nice. Um, and they kind of disappear, and Doctor Strange is like, "Well, like, okay, feeling pretty good." Um, you know, like, well, that seemed to resolve itself. Yeah, Job well done. Mephisto's like, "Listen, Doctor Strange, like, you know, we're still like, you're you're lucky that I'm reconnecting with my daughter right now because otherwise I'd totally kill you." And, like, I'll take you out someday, but I don't want to see you anytime soon. And Dr. Strange's like, yeah, I agree. Like, screw you, buddy. I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> and he returns back to the Sanctum Sanctorum, all of his problems seemingly solved, until suddenly, you! <laughs> That's right. Hey, Steve hey, is strange. Hey, hey Steven, you, you forget about something, man. It's me, Clea, your wife! <laughs> Oh, dang. <laughs> oh man! But even this retribution, this um, like, hey, like you knocked me out for six issues and had a whole like quest that I could have helped on, but you totally just like left me here instead asleep. Not cool. Um, even this will in will be put on hold and sort of resolved mostly off screen because as we speak, Drew. Yeah. All throughout the cosmos, planets are being carved in the likeness of a of the mighty space titan Thanos. Okay. He's taken mighty efforts to take control of the universe to prove his love for the personification of death as a sexy lady. And That's so be- weird. Because of that, with his golden gauntlet full of gems, with a snap of a finger, oh, with a with, sorry, with the snap of his fingers, a whole lot of people are gonna die. 
it's rough, man. Yeah, seriously, I don't feel good about it at all. Ooh, that's I, a reference. All right, but yes, yeah, so that's the comic this week. What? So, uh, what do you what do you think about this uh, set of comics here, Drew? A lot of weird I, stuff just traveling through these things. Like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I, I liked it, even though it's basically just one giant fetch quest. But yeah. you know, I appreciate you know Ghost Rider not really putting up with anybody's guff as usual, or usual for Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, Ghost Rider's real fun. I really like this. Like again, this is a Ghost Rider that was very a big part of my development as a comic book reader. So I really like seeing him, and I'm hoping we'll get to cover more of more stories with him and his inner interactions with Doctor Strange as time goes by. Um, I really liked this final story that was just these demons kind of showing up and everybody realizing that, like, you know, we get halfway into a big titanic demonic confrontation and then everybody realizing, like, hey, wait a minute, like, we shouldn't actually be fighting here. <laughs> like, this is a bad plan, <laughs> you know? Um, like, Satanish, like, kind of being, like, just sort of leaving of his own accord, like, I'll get you next time. Like, you've outsmarted me this time, but you're a jerk, Doctor Strange, just FYI, you know? Like, I see what you're trying to do here. You're a jerk. I'm going yeah, home. Yeah, come on. I just want to have a. What happened to just having a nice, honest, like knockdown drag out for control of the galaxy? You know. Whatever uh, I just happened. To, whatever happened to have just a, just a fight to the death between friends. Come on. Exactly. Come on. And then and then Mep- exactly. And then Mephisto being like, "Oh yeah, hey, actually, I have been a bad dad. Maybe um, like I maybe you should just come home with me and we'll like get ice cream or frosty chocolate milkshakes or something." <laughs> It's the it's the second time in the course of this con- of this podcast we've seen Satanish uh, tearfully reunite with one of his children, which is really a really weird stat. Yes, because we also had like that, yeah. It tells me that maybe some somebody in the Marvel comic staff was going through some stuff at that time. It's certainly know. possible. I mean, I guess if you're going to create these do- sons and daughters of Satan, you've got to also eventually have them sort of have a confrontation with them or something like that for sure. Um, I thought this, yeah, this was a weird set of, set of stories for me, just because it felt like a lot of times, like, the big actual, like, the actual confrontation wasn't, like, or the big fight wasn't the actual, like, end of the story or something. Like, a lot of times the fight was sort of something that was just sort of, like, halfway through, and then it was resolved through a discussion or something, which is kind of a weird, a weird thing to see in comics, I guess. <laughs> Anyhow. If you'd like to contact the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at strangerbythedozen at gmail.com. Interact with the show on Facebook Insta- or Instagram on Stranger by the Dozen or on Twitter at Stranger by the Twelve. That's Stranger by the One, Two. And I'll try to post images and stuff of the comics we've covered so you can see all this weird stuff that went on this week. Um, and of course, you can find Stranger by the Dozen on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Store, uh, SoundCloud, or any podcatching app. And then tune in next time, Drew, as we're beginning part one of a two-week Stranger by the Dozen event. Oh, man, I'm super excited about it. Yeah, we'll be covering the Infinity Gauntlet storyline and Doctor Strange's role in it. So, you know, the Infinity Gauntlet was a limited release story that ha- or a uh, uh, series. It had six issues. So we're going to be doing the first three issues and the corresponding Doctor Strange stories. It's going to be real good. Um, I think it's going to be, re- you know, we definitely, if you have time, I'm going to try to rewatch Infinity War and stuff like that. The movie, just because I think it's, it's fun to compare sort of what, you know, especially similar similarities of, of parts of the story um and differences too for um that for the big movie that came out and then these series you know 20 years beforehand 
I would also encourage anybody out there who hasn't seen Infinity War yet, please go and do so, because I'm going to spoil the ever-loving bejesus out of it. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's been, by the time this thing comes out, it's going to be months, and it'll be like half a year, so you gotta, you, why, what what kind of of a comic book podcast listener are you to actually also see the uh, the, the comic book movies? (laughs) It's going to be real good, I'm super stoked about it, and until then, faithful listener, I say... I prefer to ignore your human sense of humor, mage, since I do not share it. Suffice it to say, I thank you most humbly for helping restore my daughter to me. As for you, there will surely be ample opportunity for me to rend you limb from fleshy limb if you are so indiscreet as to let our paths cross again. My name is Conrad, for my co-host Drew. May the Vashanti guide your path.